Hallelujah, glory to God. It's the first teaching service. And the word of the Lord has come to us. The word of the Lord for the year 2023 is the imagines of saviors. The imagines of saviors. My year of dominion. The imagines of savior. My year of dominion. Hallelujah. Media. The emergence of saviors. My year of dominion. Glory to God. And the anchor scripture that the Lord gave us is Obadiah chapter 1 verse 21. Of course there's only one chapter in Obadiah. And you need to stay on that scripture, meditate upon it. The scripture is loaded. He said, and saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. We can see the result. The result is that the kingdom of this earth shall become the Lord's kingdom. In other words, we'll, we'll begin to take territories. We'll begin to take territories. Hallelujah. We begin to take over. We begin to convert the Gentiles. And then the Gentiles will become the Lords. The world will possess the world for the advancement of the kingdom of God. But it's only saviors that are anointed for this. And who is the savior here? I am the savior. I don't know about you. I am that savior. I said, who is the savior here? Somebody, you just get quiet. You're not sure. I am, are you a victim? You're a victor. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Come on, say, I'm a, I'm a savior. And the Bible says concerning you that and saviors shall come up on Mount Zion. There is an invitation to Mount Zion. He said, You cannot exercise your authority outside of Mount Zion. Your authority can only be exercised on Mount Zion. On Mount Zion. And that's why the Bible said, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The believer is set up to reign from the right hand of the Lord. You are set up to reign from the right hand of the Lord. You are set up to rule from the right hand of the Lord. You are set up to exercise authority and dominion. From the right hand of the Lord. Because that's your place. That's your position of authority. And Jesus Christ never operated outside of that place. Why? Because right there at the right hand of the Lord, you know, at the right hand of the Lord, 
you will imagine that this is the way Jesus will be sitting at the right hand of the Lord. You know, and the Lord is facing this way, and then Jesus is facing this way. No, no, that's not it. Jesus is sitting right here at the right hand of the Lord, looking at the face of the Lord. Glory to God. And then we are seated with him, looking at the face of the Lord. Jesus said, so whatever I see the Father do, I do. You can see that Jesus Christ operated from that realm. Jesus operated from the very right hand of the Lord. He operated from Mount Zion. Because that's the place of authority. That's the place of authority. Hallelujah. That's where your throne is. Every child of God. Have you ever seen a king without a throne? <laughs> He's not a king. Have you ever seen a king without a scepter? He's not a king. And the Bible says that ye are kings and priests unto the Lord. So if I'm a king, that means I have a throne. And the Bible tells me that my throne is at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When an important decision needs to be made, where does the king, a first-class king, what's making that noise um, sound? Where does a first-class king make decision from? You will see them move. And then when they sit, whatever they say from it, is done. I'm sure some of you remember um, a few years ago that um, the maze of the house was taken. Why? Because some decisions were about to be made against some set of people and then someone came in and then <laughs> took the maze of the house and then took it. Right there in Abuja there. Without the maze they can't make any decision. Because that the maze means is the scepter of authority. And they must be seated. They have to be seated. All of them have to be seated on their throne to make decisions. So there are two things that, that, that causes the command of the king to be obeyed. His throne and then his scepter. Hallelujah. Just, that's just by the way, anyway. All right. So, so tonight, before we get into the teaching, um, 21 Days of Light is on, and it's been awesome. It's been powerful. We started on the very first day of the year. Today is the 4th of January, and then it's the 4th day of light. And it's just 15 minutes every day online. And tonight's own is when? 10 p.m. to 10, 15 p.m. And then make sure you join, get your friends, get your family to join in. And what is the purpose? God says every dark areas of your life will receive light. Every confusion in your life will give way. 
What you are not sure of, you'll be sure of. What you are not certain of, you'll be certain of. You will know exactly what to do. You will know the button to, to, to press. You will know the next step to take. And then ideas will also flood your heart. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Alright. So we're going to start a series on the heart. We're going to be looking at the heart. We call it the dynamics of the heart. Now, this is the spirit of the Lord saying that. That's what we need to talk about. Okay, usually we talk about the word of the year throughout the, the month of January, both Sundays and then on Wednesdays. You know, but this is a, a, a different direction entirely. So, so we just go by the Lord. Now, why, why is the Lord saying this? Because, of course, we all know that the heart is very, very uh, important. The heart is... Um, very important as far as our spiritual life is concerned. The heart is very important as far as our life here on earth is concerned. The heart is very important as far as any area of your life is concerned. So if you understand the way the heart works, this will really help you. If you understand the dynamics of the heart, when we say the dynamics, the workings of the heart, the way it works, Hallelujah. Can we fix this? Glory to God. Amen. So, so if you understand the way the heart works, it's going to really, really help you. Because the heart determines a lot about your life. The heart determines the outcome of your life. And then several other things. That will be, we're, we're going to be looking at the scriptures and to see what the Bible says about the heart. And then have a clearer picture by revelation. By revelation, there are certain things the, the, the Lord has been speaking to me about the heart. Um, I've been looking at the subject of the heart for close to two years, especially, you know, close to two years. And there were still certain areas that I wasn't too sure about that were not too clear. And thank God for 21 days of light. Amen. <laughs> That, that during this time, oh, some things just came. Glory to God. I know for us, we all know spirit, soul, and body, right? The man is a tripartite being. He's a spirit man. He has a soul and then lives in the body. I've always asked, where is the place of the heart? Where is the place of the heart? Where is the place of the heart? These ones are very, you know, straightforward, clear. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. And then lives in a body. So we know that this body is not the real you, right? Amen. This body is not the real you. Hello? This body is not the real you. This is not what defines you. Because when a man is dead, you still see the body. You still see the same man. There's just something missing in that man. You said the man is dead. 
So what happened to the man? The real man just left the body. And that real man is the spirit. And for your information, the, the human spirit does not just live alone. The human spirit lives with the soul. So you can say that. So, and I keep asking myself, where's the place of the heart here? How do you marry the heart when you talk about man being a trapezoidal being? And then if you study the scriptures very well, you'll find out that many places the Bible talks about the heart, and then the heart is interchangeably used with the human spirit in some scriptures. And then in other scriptures, it's interchangeably used, especially as the mind. And you know the mind is part of the soul. The soul uh, consists of the will, the mind, and the intellect, right? Can we say that again? The, the will, the mind... And then the intellect. So in all of these, we just, where is the place of the heart? How does the heart come into this picture? And this is very important because it's so, and then it, it's, it's amazing that, that in learning the tripartite being of the man, that the heart was not really emphasized in some of those uh, the teachings we have heard, the, the books we have read. And whereas the Bible talks too much about the heart, too much about the heart, we must be able to know where the heart fits into this picture. You must have a graphic image, a graphical image of where the heart fits in and then how the heart functions in all of these things. This is very important. And thank God answer some of these questions. Amen. Praise God. And so tell your neighbor, please relax and then listen to God's word. Don't allow any baby to distract you and tell any baby, listen to the word. No matter how young the baby is, you just speak, they hear. Amen. If the baby in the womb can hear, then the baby that is outside can hear. Glory to God. <laughs> hey, thank you, Jesus. And that's why actually from the womb you can actually tame a baby. There are some things you would have removed from the baby right from the womb. You know, there are times if the baby is kicking too much, you just stop the baby say, take it easy, take it easy. Yeah, you know, so as you are speaking to the baby, he's listening, he's hearing you. So, but what do we see? You see some women, they just say, let the baby just do whatever he wants to do. You understand? And he will bring that character into the world. Whereas you, can, you could have stopped some things right there. By speaking, they listen to you. You speak it, they listen to you. And then when they come out and then you allow them to be biting you. And they say, it's a baby, baby. No, 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 no. They bite you, you give it to them like this. Come come. I said, no, don't do that again. That's not good. That's not good. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. You're a child of God. You speak that. When you speak that to them, <laughs> they hear, they listen. 
Because at that point in time, you know what's, what, what uh, the, the organ, the part of their life that picks what you say is actually their spirit. Why? Because their soul is not yet developed. And yet their body is still developed. So it's their spirit man that picks it. So at that point in time, their spirit man is innocent. So he can pick whatever it is given to, you know. And that's why you must, as especially, you know, women, be careful. Mothers, be careful what you speak to your baby. Be careful, especially when they are young and then they are developing. Whatever you speak to them stays with them. I'm telling you. Now, that's very important. Hallelujah. All right, let's start, let's start from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Um, and if it's just only the definition of the heart that we're able to do tonight, okay, that's fine. Uh, Hebrews, but I, it's important, that's the foundation of all of these things. We need to understand what is the heart. What is the heart? What is the heart? How does the heart fit in into the tripartite being of a man? We know man is a spirit. He has a soul and then lives in a body. The body is not the real man. But the body is what gives the man the legorite to operate here on earth. Without the body, man does not have... Without the body, man is not man. Hello. So you can, though man is a spirit created after the likeness of God, but without the body, man cannot be defined as man. Hello. Did you get that? Man cannot be man without the body. So the body is an essential part of the man. So you cannot relegate the body because the body is the action part of the man. The body is the executor of what has been cooked in the inner life of the man. What has been cooked with the workings of the spirit and the soul. So when you see yourself do something, it's because there is a handshake between your spirit and your soul. And whatever it is you are doing, that's what it came up with. So who took the final decision? Well, will be determined by the action that comes out. But there is, there, is, there is the combination of the workings of both your human spirit and your human soul. And so when a verdict is taken, based on the state of the soul or the state of the spirit, a verdict is given and then the body has no option than to obey their verdict. He is the executor. 
So if there's a verdict of go and slap Brother Augustine, that's the verdict. <laughs> you just see the body just move, boom, 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 and then hand come up like this, boom, 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 and then the next thing, prom. It's a verdict. That verdict didn't happen. It wasn't the body that decided it. It was a decision from your inner life. From within. So that Jesus says, from within comes out base. So, so, so Jesus is talking about your inner life, your inner operation. What is happening within you? And so what is it that happening within you? The activity of the spirit and then the activity of the soul. The activity of the spirit and then the activity of the soul. So, so there is no way the spirit is not aware of the decision that was made within you. There is no way the soul is not aware of the decision that was made. Because both of them are to come together. And then depending on their state, determines what kind of action that comes. Now, we'll see it in a moment. But what are we trying to find out tonight is where does the heart fit in here? Where does the heart fit in? So that when we say the heart, then we can understand it very well with all clarity how this works. So, what is... The heart. The heart. The heart is a spiritual faculty or system or organ. Not a spiritual organ. And you need to understand this, <laughs> this, the wordings very well. So it was carefully crafted. So that houses the expressions of the joint workings. <laughs> Or activities next time you come in you come with your pen and all of that but I'm sure the ushers can help you out this demo and for those that don't have a pen okay so activities of the human spirit and soul This is very key. Write it very well. I'm going to, I'm, I'm intentionally being slow because I wanted to get this. This is the foundation. This is the foundation. This is the foundation. I mean, it, it, it was like light just came, bam. That's why you need to be very sensitive. These 21 days of light, the kind of light that will come, the kind of revelation that will come to you. <laughs> So it's not just direction alone, but revelations of the word of God. 
We just come. Some things that you didn't know. You've been asking questions in your heart. Oh, oh how does this operate? And, all of, and then it just comes. All right, I'll take that again. So what is the heart? The heart is a spiritual faculty or system or organ that houses the expressions of the joint workings or joint activities of the human spirit and soul. So you see, so when <laughs> the illustration I just gave, and I said, go and slap Brother Augustine. There's a joint workings of the human spirit and that of the soul. But what is happening there? For a believer, born again believer, your human spirit is perfect. But it may not be strong. Hello. You can have a perfect human spirit and yet a weak spirit. So we're going to get into all of this. And so how do I make my spirit so strong? We'll get into that. What is responsible to make my spirit strong? Now, it's different from the renewing of the soul. You, you, your soul can be renewed and yet your spirit is not strong. All right. <laughs> so we need to understand. So we see that if you want to say the heart, you talk about the heart. So every time you talk about the heart, the first thing that should come to your mind is the spirit and the soul, the, their joint operation. That's the first thing. You shouldn't see them as just one and then two like that, different. No. When you begin to see them differently, you are not defining the heart. But when you begin to see their joint operation, that's the heart. If you want to give a graphical uh, picture to eight, just trying to you know, just have a graphical picture. It means, it means the spirit and the soul is contained within the heart. All right. So you cannot really say, it. that's why you see in the, in the scripture, you see the heart is interchangeably used with the spirit. And every time you see the heart used interchangeably with the spirit is because there is a function of the heart that is being expressed there, that that expression is only, can only be performed by the spirit, by the human spirit. Hello? Are you getting that? Okay. So, and then when you see the heart interchangeably used with the soul, you will see that the expression that is being revealed is an expression that only the soul can perform. For example, as he thinketh in his heart, 
so is he. You can see here now that the heart is interchangeably used as the mind. And we know the mind is a subset of the soul, right? Can you see that now? So that is why, I mean, the heart, the heart was used many times in the scriptures. So we see the heart is the joint operation of the spirit and the soul. So in the case, I was, so, I was trying to put some light that if it's a believer that have made that decision to go and slap Brother Augustine. So what happened? What was the problem? Two things could be responsible. A weak spirit, as far as that area is concerned, and then an unrenewed soul, as far as that area is concerned. And so, and so he couldn't just control whatever... It is so the decision of this weak spirit and then an unrenewed soul is you go and slap him. You see that? How many of you have seen unbelievers? That, are, that have very strong characters. How many of you have seen them? Have you seen some of them? And so you begin to wonder, so how are they able to do it? They have not just a weak spirit, dead spirit. Hello? They have what? Dead spirit. But they have a very strong, renewed soul. There are standards that have been embedded in their soul, possibly from childhood. It has been imputed by their parents. Moral standards is controlling their soul, is controlling their mind. That's their belief system. So, and that is why they have a very strong moral standard. They walk, you're wondering. Yet, they have a very weak spirit. In fact, dead spirit. So that is why, now with that kind of dead spirit, when matters of spiritual thing comes, their strong moral standard in the soul will not be able to do anything. If somebody comes and do juju against them, because they have dead spirit, weak spirit, juju will come. They are, they are renewed soul that is on moral standard will not be able to stand it. So that is why you see still some unbelievers, though they have a dead spirit, what do they do? They go ahead and then wake up that dead spirit. But they wake it up in the negative realm. And then that's when they go into occultic things and all of that. So what they do, they wake up that spirit 
but in a negative realm. And then begin to build their spirit, make it so strong in a negative realm. And so that if there's anything coming from that same negative realm against them, they can at least withstand it, depending on the level of uh, strength they have built in that negative realm. Are we getting this? Now, this is very key. <laughs> it's the Spirit of God revealing these things to us. Amen. I said amen. And this same thing I just described can actually happen for a believer at the same time. A believer can have a very strong, renewed mind. Whether the renewed mind came from childhood or came as a result of, you know, standard encounters with the Word of God. Now, the Word of God has impact in your spirit. Please do not, do not misunderstand me. There's a place where the Word of God begins to, you know, establish a very strong spirit in you. We'll get to all of that. But it is possible to encounter the word of God. And yet that word does not have impact in your spirit man. But have impact in your soul. And it changes your mindset. Just changes your mind. You just believe, okay, God is good. And you just believe, yeah, God is good. I can make money. I can see it through hard work. God says we should be hard work. Any man that does not, uh, does not work must not eat. Okay, you just grab that. Any, I must walk. And then you go and walk. You walk, definitely money will come. And then before you know it, you begin to move away from uh, poverty. Begin to move into prosperity. Because you believe that. And then you just grab it like that and just grab it and just grab it and grab it. You just go and then, and then you don't have a, a meditative life. Where, because it's meditation that then brings that word, establishes it in your soul, and then begin to cause strength to be released. It seeps into your spirit, man. And then strength begins to come. Then you have strong spirit. You turn that word and then turn it into prayer in the place of praying in tongues. And then what does it do? Brings strength to your spirit, man. It doesn't just get established in your soul. It seeps in and then begin to produce a very strong spirit. Hallelujah. Okay, so let me show you this. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick. Quick that means it's what? Alive. It's alive. So we can see the strength of the word of God. It said it's alive. <laughs> so and then he said is powerful 
The word of God. He said, is alive. So the word that I'm speaking to you, that's what Jesus said. They are spirit and they are life. In other words, when I'm speaking the word, because it's the word of God, I'm releasing the presence of God. They are spirit. That's the presence of God. So, and then he said, and sharper. So we see three things about the word of God, right? Number one, the word of God is alive. It's the living word. Then number two, it is powerful. And then number three, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so what does it do? It says it pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. So what is this telling us is that the soul and the spirit are so intertwined together that it is only the word of God that can, that can distinguish between the two of them. And that's why the spirit and the soul is actually what forms the heart. I'll show you in a moment. It's there. Is there? So he says, and then he came. He comes to the body. The body is the is the easiest thing for us, you know. He says, and of the joints and marrow. So all of these one that uh, the doctors are doing that they can still do all of this. There are some part of the body that they cannot get to. Some part. <laughs> and that's why it's, you know, cases like cancer. They can't go and be removing all the cancer cells. They cannot. <laughs> but the word of God will find cancer, destroy it, without creating any negative uh, effect in the body. Hallelujah. The word of God will locate the bad cells and remove it. Up to today, they still don't know how to locate only the bad cell. They want to destroy the bad cell, they destroy the good cell with it. Bible tells us that it's only the word of God that can actually go in and locate anything. All right? So, instead of the joints and marrow, and then, look at it here, and is a designer, designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Bringing the action. And I say, see, see, okay. There is what? The workings of the spirit and the soul. The operations of the spirit and the soul produces. It produces the thoughts and intents of the heart. Is that even the word of God can still pierce through what they produced. It can bring them under dominion. And you see, so here, this Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 brings in the operation of the heart, the way the, the, way the heart relates with the spirit and the soul. You see, when he talked about the soul, he just talked about dividing the soul and the spirit. But when he talked about the heart, he didn't just talk about the heart. He talked about the 
thoughts and then the intents of the heart. So when the soul and the spirit are in operation, what they produce is the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And then when the thoughts and the intents of the heart come alive, then the body responds to that intent and thoughts of the heart. And then goes ahead to do it. Hallelujah. Is this simple enough to understand? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> this is uh, the workings of 21 days of light. Is the result of it. So it's important you come under the, aux- the auction of the 21 days of light. I'm telling you. The, the thing will just come pim and it's as delivered once and then you just understand everything. It's like everything, you just have an understanding of it and you know, ah, it's only the spirit of God that can deliver this. There is nothing else that can deliver it. Because I stand before you and before the Lord. <laughs> I've never heard it. I'm hearing it for the second time here. The first time is just a few yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, really. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, two more scriptures and then we close. Actually, we have the foundation of what the heart is and the, how the heart fits in into the tripartite uh, being of the heart, of the, I mean of the man. Alright, so look at Matthew chapter 12 verse 34. Look at Matthew chapter 12 verse 34. And then let's watch this. He said, Oh generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what is it that is causing the mouth to speak? The abundance of the heart, the the things that have the intents, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. All right? He said, a good man, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart, bring it forth good things. So where is these good things coming from? From the heart. Where is the evil thing coming from? From the heart. From the heart. And we know that he said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. He said, an, an, an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Okay, let's come down to chapter 15 of that Matthew. And then look at verse 18. He said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from where? From the heart. 
And he said, those are the things that defiles a man. Those things that come out. Those things that you act on. Once you act on it, it defiles a man. He said, those things, they are the things that defiles a man. It is not even when it has come about. He's saying that the actual thing that defies a man is those things in the heart. And then he said, okay, let's look at it. Verse 19. He said, for out of the heart proceed what? Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witnesses, blasphemy. You see all of those things. And then if you go to Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the works of the flesh. He's mentioning the same thing. But we know where is the genesis of the works of the flesh? The heart. And then in that same Galatians chapter 5, he went on to talk about the fruit of the spirit. Even though it was capital S that was put there, it's actually the fruit of the human spirit. So look at that. And we know. So, so what is it saying? You know, he's talking to believers here. So you have a very strong spirit. Then what is it going to produce? It's going to produce, he has a fruit. It's going to produce love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, and all of that. You have a renewed soul. What will it produce? Same thing. But where is this thing coming from? It's actually coming from the spirit. That's where the fruit is coming from. It's passing through the soul. Now, now, and don't forget that for it to actually come out, the spirit and the soul must operate together. If it is a place where they are not cooperating, that's where there is trouble. There is fights. Amen. Where there is fights, that's when uh, you just see that somebody's life is not stable. You just see the person is good at this time, and then next time is not good. He's doing bad thing because it's a fight. There's a fight going on between the spirit and the soul, and then at some point the spirit can can wins. That's when you see, oh, this person, beautiful soul, so wonderful person, and then at some other time. The unrenewed soul wins. But the beauty of the whole thing is that we can have a very strong spirit and we can have a very strong, renewed soul. And you know what it produces? What the Bible says, called the good heart. The good heart. Stand to your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. And don't forget that uh, the revelations of God, they are progressive. They are progressive. So we're not saying that, oh, this is all of the revelation of God concerning the heart. You know, but as the Lord reveals to us, we walk in it. As we walk in it, then more light comes. Amen.
Hallelujah. I wanted to pray two prayers. I mean, one prayer tonight, but it's in two. It's two prayers, but in one. You're going to pray, Lord, I receive grace for a very strong spirit. Whatever it's going to take, whatever I need to know during this series of the heart, the heart series, Lord, I humble myself, I receive it. Whatever I need to know, this prayer too, whatever I need to know during this series to, to have my soul renewed to a level where I begin to, you know, uh, God begin to use me mightily to release God's standard everywhere. Lord, I, with humility, I receive in the name of Jesus. Pray right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, open your mouth and pray. It's, it's not... This is, this is a general prayer that is open to everybody, so pray it out. It's not a personal prayer. Pray it out. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive grace, I receive grace, I receive grace. In the name of Jesus, I receive grace. Blene henga rapatus. Zene katu pranigadi. Glene head rokopatisha. Zumenegene yabala sapakatia. Rike teketike pariyada galusen. Zene kapana kapakaridia. Brethe kori bidiana kuste. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We we'll give you praise. Yes, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive grace. My eyes are open to receive your word so that I'll have a stronger spirit. In the name of Jesus, I'll have a stronger spirit in the name of Jesus and a renewed soul. Thank you, Father. A very strong soul. In the things of God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed.